Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. It is just Jeff and I once again, and we are going to be talking about the power of being in the present. And uh, for me in my life right now, this is a uh, called power, pretty powerful thing to talk about. Something that uh, a, a lot of us know is is very important and crucial to being fulfilled, but very, very difficult to actually practice in real life. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about it, why we think it's important, how we can do it. Uh, and before we do get to that, let's bring on the talent of the podcast, Jeffrey J. Hulavecchio. Just got home today from a trip out east. Vex, how you doing? I'm great, man. Just got home, like you said, from New York. Was working the Vanguard International Camp out there again this year. Um, pretty dope, man. Pretty cool what they do. The Jeff Jeff Lobin flies in uh, coaches from all over the world. You know, we had uh, uh, Florida with uh, Anthony Broder and um, Oshawa with Ashley Jones, a, a skating coach. Um, did Justin Selman, who's been on the podcast, Danny Hype uh uh project project hockey myself who's been on the uh, podcast myself on the podcast yeah danny's been on the podcast like just a, a, a really cool uh really cool group of of coaches uh uh colin from detroit edge hockey just a lot of good people that are all sharing knowledge is super fun and uh so the kids instead of just getting like one coach they get like tons of coaches to hear all different things people who have different specialties with inside the game so um it's always a fun time it's always fun getting to learn from other coaches i got to learn a lot listen to a lot of other coaches here with their doing with their players and stuff. So super, super good time. Got to see Swaggy P for all the people that love following uh, Elevate uh, um, in uh, Vermont there. Swaggy P and Money Mitch, dude, unbelievable guys. Absolute beauties. John Rowe guy played, uh, I played in the AHL with for a little bit, wound up playing five games in the NHL. Um, he's now doing uh, like social media and filming and stuff. So it was cool to reconnect with him too. So it was just a good time. Got to work with a lot of cool kids and, uh, but happy to be back with my guys and, and ready to finish out the summer strong since we just started. I like it. I like it. You yeah. say cool. I, when you say cool kids to like everybody that I write notes to, like in my family, I sign it the cool kid at the <laughs> awesome i've been doing that for years i don't know if i've done that that to you not that we email each other ever but a lot of emails (laughs) um that's cool that's really cool and you got to go to the fdny nypd hockey game as well which is always like insane for people who don't know about this game they do it every year it's uh fdny versus nypd hockey and they sell out the garden or they did a barclays center in in brooklyn where the islanders play and i think they switch off every year but every year it sells out and it's insane love that dude it was it was it was so awesome i was hoping it was msg i thought it was at msg this year it was at uh ubs uh where the islanders play like you said um which is a beautiful rink beautiful rink um Talk to our boy, uh, uh, Danny OD, who scored uh, two nasty goals. I don't know if you saw the highlights, but he went bar. Oh, yeah. We went bar Mexico real fast. Just muscle memory. Just bang, bang. Just real quick. Two goals. But uh, can't lie. FDNY 
FDNY uh, took it to them. They just moved the puck really well. The fans were unreal. There was three fights, two at the end of the game when it was uh, the game was over that. with like yeah. five seconds left. There was a fight, <laughs> drop the puck, fight again, and the second guy got tuned up like that. Yeah. I think he actually got knocked out. Um, it looked like he did not know how to hockey fight, and the other guy was a professional boxer. It's like <laughs> kind of the difference in 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 what we saw, but it was it was uh, it was unbelievable. Barstool did a great job, like. The energy in the place, uh, you know, wit and biz, I think were there. So like, you know, people are just buzzing around, you know, where they were sitting and just a really cool experience. Really cool to see that many people. Um, also, you know, back in our firefighters and, and our, our policemen and stuff like that too. So that was a really cool experience. Cause you know, I'm all about that. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Really cool to see OD freaking snipe twice too. Yeah, and it, you know what? I, I was texting former NHL, him. like you signed an NHL contract, going out there playing in that game. Just- yeah, just loving it. Uh, <laughs> I I talked to him today too. Uh, Message him on Instagram. Was talking to him. He's like, man. If you got any guys who play who are good and, and they want to be cops, send them to New York. <laughs> we need help. We need help. So anybody out there listening, if you're looking to be a cop. Uh, you know, I might have a team for you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it. Well, I had a uh, very crazy two weeks as well, or week or whatever, since uh, last time we spoke. And uh, first of all, I don't think we've talked about the Frozen Four on the podcast, have we? We have not. We have not talked about the Frozen Four. Yeah. So that was a tough one. Uh, first off, I have to say the city of Tampa Bay did an unbelievable job hosting. It was insane. Like they had this whole you know, welcoming party when we got off the plane. Uh, wow, what did that look these, like? Uh, I don't know, like 50 to 75 people in like Michigan jerseys. Like, you know, we chartered in. So literally like the steps go down from the plane and they're right there. They're playing music. Um, your buses are right there. It was just very, very professionally done. It was really, really good. And, um, you know, just a, a great experience all around. Obviously, we did not win the national championship nor the first game, which uh, really, really sucked. Uh, I thought we had the horses and I thought we had the team to do it. I think we all did. We were sitting there in shock after the game. Like, I can't believe that just happened. You got to tip your hat to Quinnipiac. Obviously, they won it all. Um, they beat three Big Ten teams to do it. Ohio State, then us, and then Minnesota. They're for real. Um, this was not a fluke. This wasn't an upset. Like they lost four games all year. They're really, really, really good. And uh, so the job that Rand and Dooms and and uh, Mike Corbett did with that group, uh, just just amazing. Um, and so you got to tip your hat to them. But uh, yeah, just overall, I mean, it's my first Frozen Four. We got very, very close to getting there a bunch of different times. Um, but to be able to get there, see it, experience it was uh, was pretty cool. Uh, aside from not winning. That sucked. And you know how it is like when the season's over, it, it just like you're just like an empty feeling. Just, like really, really empty, just, you know. Uh, like that if I could put a noise to how the emptiness feels. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially because us like we got so close. We got so we were there. So we could taste it. It was in the so building, close. you know. And uh, and so stuff, uh, silver lining, or maybe not silver lining, but a positive thing was Adam, our guy. Uh, Adam Fantilli won the Hobie Baker, which was awesome. Very, very well deserved. Um, he, In case there might be somebody uh, who's listening who doesn't know what the Hobie Baker is. What is the Hobie Baker? Uh, I I would be shocked. Well, maybe, maybe not. The yeah, Hobie Baker is let's call it the Heisman of hockey for all you football fans out there. So it's the best player in college hockey. And uh, this guy was a horse all year. He's only the third freshman to ever win it. And the other two to win it were Paul Correa and Jack Eichel. (laughs) Not bad. And so Adam um, is probably going to go number two right behind Bedard in the draft this year. Um, And he's just, he's unreal, man. Like he's such a good player. He's such a good teammate. Um, He works so hard. He's one of those guys. He's just dialed in, man. Like he's routine. Everything that we talk about of like how you become great, this is this kid. And he he loves his craft. He's got his routines. Like everything he does, there's a goal in mind of being the best player out on the ice at all times. He's so competitive. He is, dude, he is so competitive. And honestly, so I've gotten the opportunity to work with two Hobie Bakers now, um, Adam being one of them. And then Andy Mealy when I was working at Miami. Uh, in what was that 2011 maybe and i think the biggest thing that binds those two together 
is their competitiveness. Like those two are above and beyond two of the most competitive people I've ever met in my entire life. So if like the kids are out there um, listening, that is a prerequisite if you want to be great at what you do. They're just so unbelievably competitive. It's my, that's like the number one thing I look for. Like when I, man, I tell the the guys in the gym all the time. And I said it in New York about 500 times because I was training a little bit, working with younger players. And I was like, I can tell just by like looking at you guys, who's going to even have a chance. I know who's not even going to have a chance by the way that you compete in these drills. Like, Like almost to a perfect science. I will be able to tell by your effort level over the course of a week at pretty much anything. I don't care what we're doing. If it's, if it's a a walk to the lunchroom uh, and you know, I'll be able to tell if you're you're, through your lack of compete, how far you'll make it in the game of hockey. It's it's not, it's not rock science guys. (laughs) Rock science. (laughs) That's good. Thank you. I, I, I like stole that. that from a movie. I don't know. Where. I do. I do have one thing that I want to say about this though, about Adam and the Hobie. Like, I don't know how much on Twitter you saw about it, but it was like getting ramped up on Twitter for some reason. But apparently there were like quote unquote character issues that was going to deny Adam from like winning the Hobie because he got a fighting major in one of our games this year, which wasn't a fight. Like if you looked at it, it was a two minute penalty, maybe a four minute penalty that escalated to other things. And like, it's, it's like a college where guys are like grabbing each other. You know what I like? There's so Adam like threw one punch with his glove on. And apparently that's a fighting major nowadays. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so, (laughs) so, so there's like these these character it, people are bringing up character issues because he has a lot of like he's competitive man he's got fire like he gets penalties for like being competitive and fiery out on the ice and uh, so yeah people were like bringing up these character issues that he might not win the Hobie because of it and I'm sitting here like pulling my hair out like if this kid doesn't win the he's the leading scorer in the country he's on a team that's going to the Frozen Four like he's a he's he's an MVP man. Like he had almost two points a game. He had numbers around like what Eichel's were when he was at BU and he's doing what he's doing now. Like in insane, absolutely insane. And they were like clutch numbers too. Uh, I don't, I can't, I don't remember all the stats, but like these numbers are not like inflated by any means. We had the second hardest schedule in the country and he's putting up almost two points a game, you know? Anyway, so people are bringing up these characters. You so, I just want to address that because I think it's absolutely insane. And this is what I want to say. So whoever these people are that are calling into question his character because he got a fighting major and he has a lot of penalty minutes. First of all, they obviously don't know hockey because who typically in an NHL locker room are the nicest guys in the entire world and would do anything for their teammates. I'll let you answer the question. The tough guys. The tough guys. The tough it's the guys. guys that have a lot of penalty minutes are typically the guys who are the bet. They're the glue guys. They're the best guys. They're unreal, right? So if you're calling into question somebody's character because they have a lot of penalty minutes, I'm just going to go ahead and say that you know nothing about hockey. You're they a play hard. Brain. They play hard and they have respect from their teammates because they play hard. Your respect, like it's it's absolutely insane, right? The other thing that I will say is. Let's let's flip it around, okay? Let's say it's my job to make a call on somebody and I have to um, inquire about their character. That's a, that's a part of bringing that... Per- let's say I'm a college coach and I'm looking to bring somebody in to my program and evaluating their character is a part of bringing them into the program, okay? Let's say, let's say that the only research that I did to um, educate myself about this person's character was to look at their stats and their penalty minutes. What would you say about the job that I did in figuring out about that person's character? That you suck. (laughs) Right? Like, you 
like, like if I'm if I'm putting together a college team and I want the right culture and I need to bring the right character people into, I, I would probably maybe call their coaches or I would call their junior coaches or their guidance counselors or anybody and everybody that would know that person to see what they would say about that person's character. And it's asinine to me that you would base somebody's character off penalty minutes. Like it's insane. This kid works so unbelievably hard. This kid could be a not so good teammate based on his pedigree. Like he's coming in, he's going to be a, a top player in the draft. He's coming into Michigan. They got all these draft picks. Like he could be the cockiest, like in he's so far, not that it, it, is insane that this kid's character got called into question. So just something that I wanted to address. Now, um, the other two kids that were up for the Hobie, unbelievable players too. Absolutely unbelievable players. Logan Cooley and Matthew Nyes, like these kids there on Minnesota, they play on the same line. Like, un, like it was not fun playing against them. They're really good. They're both going to be awesome uh, NHL players. Like they very easily could have won. Like, but like Adam, I think Adam's, pedigree he i think he deserved the win i'm biased and but i just it really aggravates me that there was a question that people were talking about his character because they don't know him how do you call into question somebody's character when you don't know the person it it makes no sense anyways so yeah. i just wanted to address that because like it's ridiculous i think just a lot of people just don't know what they're doing and they get in positions of power just uh, maybe that's like, what uh, i don't know I, whatever it is, it is what it is, but he won. We're very happy for him. I think he deserved it. He's an unbelievable player. Awesome teammate. Like just a great kid. Everything that you look for in a player, like everything that we talk about in this podcast, if you want to be great, like this kid has it, man. So, uh, congrats to Adam and, uh, and yeah, I'll get off my, <laughs> I don't know if it's old man yelling at the clouds, but it just really irked me that no, like, people are calling his question. Like, I'm with yeah. him every day, man. Like he's such an awesome dude. So yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. You yeah. were right too. And I'm glad you did. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, Maybe slap approved. Uh, yeah. Another thing, um, want to talk about here and I hope I can get through this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this, but I'm going to try. Um, but it's part of the reason that I wanted to be talking about being present and being in the present moment and how powerful that can be. Um, because one of my best friends, uh, he was my, my teammate. He was my classmate. He was my line mate. Um, he was just the best man. He was in my wedding. As you know, Jeff stood right up there with us at, at my wedding. And, uh, I stood up, stood up in his, um, Ray Sawada, um, passed away, uh, this week and it has left a big hole, a big hole, not just with me, but everybody that, you know, I played with um, his community out in in Western Canada in the Vancouver area. Um, it, it's been a really hard week. It's been a really, really, really hard week. And uh, this 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 guy, man, like you know, you you met him. Um, I obviously shared a lot of a lot of highs and lows with him as as a classmate in college, a roommate, and and things like that. Um, not not a better guy out there. Not a better guy out there. And just died suddenly of a. Uh, heart failure or a heart attack. He was playing hockey when it happened. Um, you know, I, we don't know exactly what it was yet. Um, but you know, found out earlier this week, um, had the chance to talk to his, his dad had the chance to talk to his wife. Um, he's just a guy who like, um, he'd, he'd give the, sh it's the typical say he'd give the shirt off his back for you. Um, you know, he's a fireman now. Um, played, played pro hockey, played in the NHL. I still remember the day he called me when he got his first call up. He was a second round pick in Dallas. He got called up on his birthday and, and buried, uh, his first goal, uh, in the NHL on his birthday. Um, and, uh, you know, he just, just did the smile that rate, like when he walks into a room, just, he just like emanates positive energy all the time all the time, all the time, all the time. Someone, you know, for me and through the highs and the lows that you just wanted to share those moments with. And, um, you know, he's him and his wife, uh, she, you know, the love that they had just insane, you know, they're high school sweethearts, um, which I don't know if that happens much nowadays. Um, but they are, um, two girls, nine and six, 
um, Tory and Charlotte. Um, that like them not being able to grow up with him as a dad um, is hard to think about. Um, just because he's so good, like, and I, I just want to honor him, I guess, a little bit. Just to honor my buddy, um, one of the best people ever. Um, and we're going to miss him a lot. And I think the biggest thing, too, is like, um, you know, Nicole, his wife has to take unpaid time right now um, to, to care for everything and, and the kids and, and just, you know, Ray being gone. And, and so um, there was a GoFundMe page that was started uh, last week. It's on all my social media stuff if you want to go check it out. Um, can we put it in the show notes too? Yeah, we can put it in the show notes stuff maybe. And um, just the hockey world, right? And, and, and like, honestly, it's the hockey world, but it's also like Ray and Nicole's world. Like if you talk to anybody in the Vancouver area, like they know <laughs> Ray and they know Nicole. They're just special people. And um, so there's a GoFundMe to help them out. And uh, it started off with like a goal of $50,000 and it's over $330,000 now, which just goes to show you just like how much they meant and mean to a lot of people. Um, and so if you can... Uh, it'll be in the show notes and you can go to my social media or whatever, but if you want to help them out, obviously um, difficult time for the family and and they're going to have a lot of bills to pay and stuff like that. So um, I'm flying out to Vancouver this week um, with uh, a bunch of my teammates. We're going to go out there to honor Ray. And uh, I, I just, uh, I think it's a really special time to honor him. Um, and, you know, for this podcast anyway, um, as much as we can, just honor him by talking about how powerful it can be to be in the present because you never know tomorrow is not guaranteed. Um, really hitting home for me right now um, with one of my best buddies um, not being here anymore. So, Oh, okay. I think I got through that. Yeah, you did just a little bit. You did. And with these GoFundMes too, guys, like I get to, I get asked to share a lot of them. You don't have to give a ton of money. I mean, we get between like, I don't, I don't even know, 4,000 and, sometimes up to 20,000 listeners on, on an episode. What if everybody gave $2 or what if everybody gave $5 or most people gave $5? It could make a massive impact on, uh, on Ray's family, you know, and his, and his little girls and his wife. So, um, you know, if you have the time, it'll be in the show notes there. You'll be able to click on it. And, uh, you know, if you can, anything helps. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So I got my footing back a little bit now. So um, what do you say we get to talking about being in the present? Love it. Okay. Um, so I have some quotes that I think we can kind of start with, and then we can just talk about what they kind of mean to us and um, and things like that. So the first thing I want to talk about is it's like very, very cliche, but you can't change the past, but you can ruin the present by worrying about the future, right? Mm -hmm. You can't change the past, but you can ruin the present by worrying about the future. So uh, for that one, I'll, I'll toss it over to you, my friend, Jehu. Um, what's your first first initial thoughts? Massively true. Uh, <laughs> when, I was, when I was a younger player, uh, juniors especially, when, when hockey started to get, you know, it really starts to get challenging. Um, even midgets a little bit, uh, that was something that I would do to myself, you know, worrying about, you know, not being good enough in the game to making too many mistakes. What's, what's, am I going to be on video tomorrow in the middle of the game? I'm thinking that cause I made a stupid turnover that I've already been screamed at for a few times and I did it again. So now I'm in the present ruining the future by thinking about the past. So I'm inverting what you just said on a bad way, you know, and I think a lot of players do that, you okay. know, like, like you make not just mistake, players, people right? in general, <laughs> right. You know, you make a mistake right now. And then in a few minutes, you're thinking back on that mistake, which is in the past. And then that starts making you nervous. You start changing, you, you lose belief in yourself. You change things in, in a, the wrong way. And now you're messing up what's going to happen next shift or next period. Um, so being able to, you know, something that I, I specifically related to hockey is, you know, I tell my guys, when you get back to the bench, when you know, you made a bonehead play, like get back to the bench, take a couple deep breaths, close your eyes, think about the play 
And then that's the last time you're allowed to see it, uh, visualize it, think about it as the bad play and pretend that you made the right play and see yourself doing it right. See yourself doing it well, whatever it was. You made a toe drag at the blue line, you messed up, see yourself chipping it and getting it. Just see that a couple times, bang, bang, bang. And then like literally delete it from your memory. Bang, didn't happen. The right play happened. You're going to do it next time. Boom, you're ready to go. You're thinking positive thoughts. You're seeing yourself make all the plays over and over and over. Like it sounds like kind of like crazy, but man, like that quick little might take you 30 seconds, but it's going to help you play better. So, like, just a little free psychology game for you there. (laughs) There you go. And I think another thing I really like what you said. And I think another thing that could help to do that is, is two words. One is acceptance and one is ownership. So just accept the fact that mistakes are going to happen, you know, accept it and then just accept the mistake that you meant made, take ownership of it. Yeah. I, I messed up. Okay. Now what, now what's next? What can I do to alleviate that? What can I do to be better the next time? Um, and those two things can help you to be in the moment and focus on, you know, the next, whatever, next shift, next play. Um, and, not beat yourself up so much about it. Just accept it, own it. Um, You know, some mistakes are bigger than others. Maybe owning it just means doing it to yourself. (laughs) Maybe it's a big mistake where you got to own it to your team, you know, after the game or in the locker room on Monday, if it's over the weekend, you know, Um, say, Hey, you know, I I think, and and even for coaches, like I think um, owning up to mistakes is something that personalizes you and makes it real um and can build trust i think when you take ownership of things especially mistakes like it can build trust and then help you to move forward in the future with the relationships with the people that you're you're with i love that it's so true it's so true and and to break it down a little bit i i love um i'm a visual learner and so for me um like when somebody said this to me, it just clicked. And I always think about this when I start like worrying about things or whatever, like things in the past, what's that going to be, what's going to happen tomorrow with coach or just, just worry, actually just worrying in general. Um, because you're not living in the, pre- if you're worrying, you're not living in the present, you know, you're worried about a mistake you made or you're living in the future, worrying about the consequences of a mistake you made in the past. You're not yeah. present, which is what you're talking about. And so um, if you're worrying, it's like, being in a rocking chair it gives you something to do but you're not going anywhere you're just boom boom bing bang boom, yeah or boom, you're not bing, moving bing. forward you're not moving forward yeah. you're not even moving backward you're just going nowhere like you're just you're just staying still all right so like worrying does nothing for you so you got to get you got to get that out of your game yeah and and um like when you talk about worrying like you can equate that with anxiety and like a, a this is actually one of the things I have written down is anxiety lives in the future and anxiety is rooted in multiple in okay anxiety is rooted in multiple possible negative outcomes. I think that is like the most true statement ever that Oof. I'm sure a lot of people hearing that are like, okay, now it's registering. Holy shit, because <laughs> that's kind of what it did for me. Anxiety lives in the future and is rooted in multiple possible negative outcomes. Love right? it. So it hasn't happened yet, you know? Um, and for most people, and I'll throw my hand way high up in the air when I'm feeling stressed, when I'm feeling anxious, a lot of times it's because of something that hasn't happened yet that I'm worried about. Okay. I did this. What's going to be the next domino to fall because of it? What's the next negative? And, and usually when you think about that, it's a negative outcome. Like, oh crap, I did this. This person's going to think of me in this way. Or I did this, then this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. And the project that I'm on is going to shit and it's all going to be my fault. (laughs) Sure, people have felt that way, right? So like, yeah, it's rooted in multiple possible outcomes that is not in your control, you know? And so again, accepting that the thing happened, an outcome is going to happen because of what you did. And then just, hey, that's going to happen. and then what am I going to do next, right? What am I going to do next that can help that? Or maybe that thing that I'm thinking about is going to happen never happens. <laughs> a lot of times that's what ends up happening, right? But we Most we, times. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I love what you said. And, and I just think like, yeah, it's possible. Like control what you can control. Also, I've been telling this story in my gym since you told it on the podcast. <laughs> 
maybe it was six months ago. I don't know. We've done 8 billion podcasts, so I don't know when it was. I know it was like with this hockey season, you told the story about one of your guys when you were coaching Cornell after you had like a all night, you were probably on the road for like 700 weeks in a row and you got in at like four in the morning or something. Oh yeah. yeah you had yeah, to be yeah, at the rink yeah. at like seven 30 and you're yeah. tope. So obviously you, you were there and, and uh, you know, you're in zombie mode, just trying to breathe and chew gum and walk at the same time without passing out. And you didn't say hi to the guys. He walked past you. And for like a month, he thought you were mad at him and was playing, you know, probably a little bit like why is coach not like me and there's something like complete negative outcome that hasn't you know, happened yet should i tell you... this story i feel like i should tell this story yeah because i just butchered it you remember. can stick your head <laughs> up a bull's ass and then wait no that's not right okay go ahead Tove. yeah so we we were um we were uh not playing well at the time and we brought uh, a group of guys in uh to just kind of talk about what was going on uh, just to try and fix it. And so one of the players, like it was one of those, like come to Jesus meetings, you know, where everybody it's like, all right, everything's on the table here, guys. Like we got to fix this. Like there's nothing you can, like we have to be honest with each other here. And so one of the, one of the players goes, Tove, I don't think you like me very much. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think you like me very much. And I'm like, what, what would make you think that I love you? Like, yeah, like that makes no sense, man. Like what, what makes you think that? And so he's like, well, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago, but I, I, the way I remember it, it was a couple of weeks ago. He, maybe you butchered it a little bit, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I was in the locker room before lift and you just walked right by me and you just like, didn't even acknowledge I was there. didn't even say hi. And that's not like, you know, I just like think something's wrong. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. And he's like, yeah. So I was like, when was that? And he goes, yeah, it was two weeks ago you know, before I left and we lifted on Mondays at that time at seven o'clock in the morning. And so I'm thinking back, I'm like, man, like, I don't, I honestly don't remember that man. Like, so I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, Hey, this doesn't make any sense. But that day came, Oh, and there was like light bulb. Right. And I'm like, dude, okay, here's what happened. I was in Ottawa the night before, uh, there was a seven o'clock game. I was going recruiting. I came back. I got home at whatever, four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning after the game. I wanted to be there for lift because we're going through a tough time. I wanted to make sure that you guys knew that we're there. We're in this with you. And uh, yeah, I was on two hours of sleep. So no, I didn't. I probably didn't see it, but I probably didn't see anybody, but yeah, I was on, I was on two hours of sleep and he was like, really? I was like, yeah, that's it, man. Like that's, that's it. And so it was a really good learning experience, I think, for both of us, because I mean, him and I did have a pretty good relationship, but obviously not good enough because he didn't feel comfortable enough to come into my office right after that happened and say, hey, coach, like what's going on? He didn't say hi to me. And that's my, in my opinion, that's my fault, um, because as a coach, you can say you have an open door policy, but unless people open up the door, then maybe your open door policy isn't as open as you think it is. Um, and then at the other time he learned like, oh man, I just, I just like had this thing. Cause everybody knows, like when you, you think the coach doesn't like you, that feeling in the pit of your stomach and that chest, like the anxiety you feel like it's, yeah, I know you're cringing right now. We all know how that it's feels. Right. Worst. And so he was carrying that around for whatever it was, two weeks. And he's like, man, I really did not need to feel like that. I should have just went into your office and, and had a conversation. Right. And so he was, uh, yeah, exactly. He was going on a possible negative outcome that wasn't real. Um, and so that's, that's what happens when we're not aligned, especially in relationships as we think we always tend to think the worst for whatever reason, or most people think the worst, the people who don't are highly successful, incredible people at what they're doing. And they got life a little bit more figured out than everybody else. Um, but yeah, man, like I, that is, yeah, that's a story that definitely represents what we're talking about. Dude, hundred percent. And it's, I, I tell that story a lot because a lot of players do that to themselves. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Not living in the present and controlling what you can control. And if you made a mistake, you can't control like what somebody thinks about that. You can control your next move. You can control, you know, making the right play the next time you can control your emotions You can control all these different things. But if you're always worrying about the things outside of your control that you will never be able to control, it's just going to add to more worry and more not living in the present. Totally. Let me um let me give you another quote here that I have written down Hit that me. that will 
keep going on this. Keep this it is going, from baby. A one Anthony Tony Robbins. Um, so if people who don't know who Tony Robbins is, it do you know who Tony Robbins is? You probably do. Yeah, he's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> okay, the I man. figured. I figured. Um, but he has uh, he has this Netflix documentary that's like life changing. I think it's so one of the most powerful things that I've ever watched in my entire life. It's called uh, like I'm not your guru, maybe or something like that. If you haven't yeah. watched it and you have Netflix, which probably ninety nine percent of people who are listening have it, you have to watch it. It was unreal. Uh, but anyway, one of the things, one of his quotes that he says a lot is most people fail in life because they major in minor things. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most people fail in life because they major in minor things. And this is when I do my team building stuff with all the teams I do it with. It's something I talk about a lot uh, because a lot of time we focus our energy negatively on things that don't really matter. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. the thing that keeps us up at night. You know, those are the things that are out of our control and, we need to focus on the things that are major in our life. Okay, well, what are the major things in our life? Our attitude, the things we can control, our work ethic, our relationships. You know, those are the things that really mean something. Um, but a lot of times we focus on minor things, something somebody said to us, uh, a deadline we didn't hit, blah, 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 blah. Like there's so many little things that can cause us to be unhappy or whatever. Um, when we think about the right things and the things that matter, and we put our effort and our energy into those things, I think people will much more live in the present and be a lot happier for doing so. It's a, it's a sick quote, isn't it? It's a, it's an, it's a phenomenal quote. I think that, uh, I think that all you guys should be writing these quotes down and sticking them all over your life too. Uh, honestly, you guys know how I feel about quotes. You know how I feel about uh, uh, what did sticky you just notes. Say? You should stick them all over your life. All over your life. Like at, one in your mirror, <laughs> one at school, you know, on your notebook, one in your, on your car steering wheel, one in your locker at, at, uh, at school, like put these notes everywhere, right? They, they act as bumper lanes for you, you know, and we're all, like, the reason we're doing this podcast today Obviously, uh, you know, Tof's, Tof's team, you know, lost in the Frozen Four. And then Tof had one of his best friends and best teammates uh, pass away. And so the power of living in the now, it's its like so, it's so important. Tomorrow is never guaranteed. There's no guarantees tomorrow. And that's for hockey, business, relationships, life. Like anything can happen at any moment. You guys have seen the movie Armageddon. Don't want to get dark on you here. But, you know, you never know, right? Like Bruce Willis might be up there right now. We don't even know. Um, and, and like, these, these things will just keep you from letting your mind wander. You know, I think that's where it is. Like, we, we lose focus. We, we wander on either what's in front or behind. And we don't, like, live, like, right here. This is a podcast. So I am realizing now you guys can't see what here is with my hands. But it's like, live above your feet. Live where your feet are. You know, and, and wherever you are, be there, be there, your life, your life will change, you know? And and so all these quotes, they all, they all are saying the same thing. Write them down. (laughs) Write that down. Write that down. Ooh, ooh, I know it, but I can't reach it. I can't access it. Can you give me a hint? A college movie set in a college. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. um, Van Wilder. There you go. There we go. Thank you. Write that down. That was not a great like helping. Uh, um, yeah, well, I didn't want to give you. No, no, no. I'm happy you did. I'm very happy. I'm I'm demonstrating to all the people listening because I know we got a lot of dads and sons that listen that are probably movie. I know we got a lot of movie quote listeners because we get DMs (laughs) every time we get on a roll. We get DMs (laughs) just as much about our movie quote ability as we do with our coaching ability here. But that's how you give a good hint, guys, because sometimes this happens between guys. You can't remember the quote. What's it from? And you give them a hint. That's just way too obvious. It's not how you do it. Toph did an excellent job there. Didn't give it away. I still got it because I am 98% genius, but that's how you do it. Okay. Back to the, the other 2% I don't know. meathead. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyways, I digress. I like it. Go along uh, with the class. Go along with the bore fill here. Um, okay. So next one I have is um, it, it kind of goes along with what we're talking about here, but I, I think it's very relevant and a different word that I think is a word that um, we talk about a lot. I don't think we um, 
talk about it right a lot, but the word is fear. Mm. And um, the quote is fear is rooted in what is not real. Fear is rooted in what is not real. Mm. Take me through Deep. that, Jeffrey. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sipping it down. I'm letting it, I'm letting it stew. And what I'm feeling like that that's telling us is that a lot of it's in your mind. You make that monster out to be a lot bigger in your head than it really is. 100%. Am I, am I on point? Is that, is that what your take I mean, was I don't too? think there's, I don't think there's a right answer. I, I think that was the a eye good is, one. I would give you an A plus. A plus. It's kind of like that guy at Cornell that said, why not? Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. No. Actually, it wasn't Cornell. It was Harvard. It was oh, somebody's Harvard. brother. Yeah. Gotcha. But, okay. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, fears is not real. It, yeah. Again, I think it goes back to like the multiple positive or possible negative outcomes. Because mm-hmm. when we talk about fear, we we talk about fear of what? Fear of failure. We talk about fear of what other people think of us. You know, a lot of stuff that is very subjective, right? We fear the unknown. We fear the next step. We fear getting older. Um, there's so many things that people just have, again, this fear and anxiety or whatever it is, or whatever you want to call it. And again, a lot of it is not real. It's this, I don't want to say fantasy, but it's this like um amalgamation of all of these thoughts that are just thoughts they're not real like what other people think about you is not real (laughs) because it's how you think about yourself which is what really matters you know failure is subjective unless you're talking about an f on a test maybe um like uh, i should say 90 percent of the time 95 percent of the time it is subjective and a lot of times you know, what one person would say is failure, another person would not. Um, and a lot of times failure, what's on the other side of failure is something even greater and better than, you know, what you could have even thought of. And I heard actually, it was funny, like I heard Rand Pecknold, uh, he was on Spit and Chicklets the other day and I was listening to his interview and Rand's the head coach of Quinnipiac who just beat us in Minnesota to win the national championship. And they actually lost in the semifinals of the ECAC tournament uh, to Colgate. And it was a huge upset huge upset and he talked about i don't know if we would have won the national championship had we won the ecacs he's thinking he was like i think we won the national championship because we lost to colgate and then we were in at large because we were number two in the country and we it just recentered us you know it recentered us and got us back like we we weren't playing as well as we should have and we needed to get kicked in the teeth and we did and so we got back to what made us us and and ended up winning it all right so um, yeah, fear is rooted a lot of times, if not all the time in, in what is not real. And that, that means, that means something to different to everybody, right? We all fear different things. We all interpret the situations in different ways, but a lot of times the interpretations go straight to the negative. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of times that's what we fear is, is that unknown. Right. And it, you know, a lot of these things, all these quotes, they're all saying the same thing in different ways. All that matters is that you understand what it's saying. Control what you can control. Live in the present. You know, like it's if you control what you can control and you you whatever happens outside of your control is just like, okay, when it comes at me, I'll react to that in the correct manner that's gonna make me the best me today, tomorrow, and a year from now. Like that's what matters. Just Keep controlling what you can control and that for you to do that, you have to live in the present. You can't be in this before or after, you know, kind of phase. I'll hit you with another quote here. Oh my God, I dare you. (laughs) Because it goes along with what we're saying right now. It's your decisions, not your conditions that determine your destiny. That's every so time you do. Huge. Hold on. Every time. I don't know if Steph, if you can hear this too, but every time you make that sound, it like the volume goes down and you can't really hear it. Try it, it again. Goes down. Is that better? <laughs> no, I, it did it no, again. <laughs> this microphone. So my voice is normal now. What about Oh, that? there you go. Yeah. So you I got to move away. the microphone away to make my ridiculous yeah. noises. Yeah. <laughs> That much better much okay. better Wait, but read the quote again read the quote again decisions not conditions determine your destiny oh! <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, whatever. Let's let's be done with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like, and all these quotes, like, I don't know, a little plug here or whatever, but like, these are all quotes that I use in uh, my team building stuff when I go and I work with different teams or companies and everything. And like, this one's a big one for, for companies, especially that I've spoken to. It's your decisions, not your conditions. Because like, especially when you're working on teams with tons of different people, there's, there is, there's a lot that's out of your control and you're relying on other people. Um, you know, sometimes you're relying on somebody to get something to you so you can get your job done. So then, you know, you can do your part, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of times that's very stressful. Um, and so, but like, again, like you, yeah, you have to try as best as you can to control what you can control. And all you can do is maybe send that person a reminder, <laughs> or maybe send that person a, and then be like, Hey, I, I, it doesn't matter how this got to me. I still have to do my job to the best of my ability, you know, and that works in, in the business world that works in, in sports that works in, in life, you know, with your family and things like that. So um, yeah, again, control what you control. It's your decisions. And that's the one thing I, a question that I ask, especially to a lot of the youth teams is like, okay, guys, like, or girls, what's more important, the thing that happens to you or the way you choose to react and see the things that happen to you, you know, and hundred percent of the time, it's the way you choose to see and react to the things that happen to you. Cause again, that's, that's all you can control. And, uh, so yeah, decisions, not conditions determine your destiny, man. Boom. Absolutely true. Love it. And that, that, you know, goes into control what you can control. Love it. Love it. Um, Okay. So now this one is not a quote, but this is one that I talk about in my team building a lot. And I think it's really relevant, especially for the kids that are listening. Okay. And this is what I call enjoying versus searching. And so a lot of times in life, especially when you're younger, you're searching for something that is in the future rather than enjoying what you have in the present moment. And I think social media really like puts that on overdrive. And so the example, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've given this example on the podcast before, but the example that I use of enjoying versus searching and how um, messed up this world is on social media, like we're always presenting something that's not real, you know? And so the, the example that I use is, again, I have three daughters. One is going to be six. One is going to be four. One is going to be two here this summer. And to take a picture of the three of them that actually looks good, <laughs> let's say it takes two minutes, you know, because for a minute, for all of the two minutes, one's pulling the other one's hair. The other one's looking the other way. One of them wants to hold the phone to take the picture. Like it's just an absolute gong show. Steph, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And all the parents that are listening to this know exactly what, what I'm talking about. Right. But then at that two minute mark, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, all three of the girls are actually looking at the camera, half smiling. And you take that picture. It looks awesome. Right. So what do you put up on social media? What do you put up on Instagram? You put that picture up, right? And then you look at the comments. Oh my God, your kids are so cute. They look so well behaved, this and that. Like it's all positive stuff. Carl, you know, just what I put up on social media is not real life. For a minute 59 of that two minutes, it was an absolute struggle. <laughs> it was absolute chaos trying to get them to all sit still in the same spot, you know, not be pushing each other, not be trying to grab for the phone. The baby might be crying, whatever it may be, but I'm putting up there that picture. So everybody thinks, what do they think? Oh my God, like they have it all together. You know, this is, uh, this is real life. That, that ain't real. And that's what everybody does. And and I that's why I respect you and, and Kiki, your fiance, so much is like what you guys put on out on social media. You're not afraid to share the shitty stuff. You're not afraid to share real life things. And I think that's why you guys have grown your followings. Uh, so much little plug for Kiki. Was it Fit by Kiki? Fit by Kiki. She's got like 200 and some odd thousand. Yeah, and something. About yeah, thousand followers on Instagram. She's got a lot. That's um, what she does. And, she- uh, and so... Like, that's why I think kids nowadays, they get so anxious through social media. And and I talk about this with them all the time is like, you're comparing yourselves to something that's not real. You're seeing your friends' photos, you're seeing all this kind of stuff. And it looks like they're, they all got invited to the best parties or they all committed to college for sports or, you know, they all look great because they have 9,000 different filters on their pictures and stuff like that. And then you look at your own. And you're like, I don't look like that. 
or I don't I like I haven't committed to this school or, you know, like, and, and we just think so much less of ourselves. We're searching for something that's not real rather than enjoying the stuff that we actually do have in our life. If you hold a phone and you have Instagram, you're luckier than a majority of the population in this world. <laughs> uh, like 99%. You know? Yeah. And yeah, like we have so much to be grateful for and we have so much going for us, but with social media, it just like highlights negative like ways that we feel about ourselves rather than being in the present and focusing and, and putting our attention to the things that we do have. We're focusing and putting our attention on the things that we don't. And I think that's a huge part of being able to live in the moment is just understanding and having gratitude for what we do have and the good stuff that we have in our life. Because if we all sat down and we put a notepad and we drew a line in the middle and we wrote the positive things in our life on one side and the negative things in our life on the other side, if we truly reflect, like really truly put our, our thoughts down, I think a lot of people would be shocked at how many more positive things we had than we expected and how much less negative things we had than expected, you know? Yeah. Um, 100%. And perspective too. There's been no that's better the biggest time. thing is perspective. It yeah. gives you perspective. It does. There's been no better time in the history of mankind that you could live. It's easier to live than today. And tomorrow, it'll be even more tomorrow. And it'll be even more the next day after that. There's yeah. no saber tooth tigers chasing us. There's nobody shooting bow and arrows at us when we walk out of our house. There's nobody trying to, you know, enslave us right you know come to our door like the romans and take our town and you know enslave like none, none of that's happening you know we're, it, actually it is in some parts of the world so well, yeah i mean more it is grateful. right it is in other parts of the world <laughs> yeah. so you know when when you look at that flag remember that um we got it pretty damn good here so uh yeah and that's all perspective i love it yeah it's um it's crazy man i just like you think about the things that that are going just like I would just encourage everybody that are listening to this right now, like really truly do a deep dive into the things that you have in your life that are positive. Because again, a lot of times we're we're judging ourselves based on again the minor things. That, do these things really matter? What really matters, right? And and I'm sitting here right now with a best friend that just dropped dead, you know, six days ago. Like you're breathing. That's one. You know, you got a roof over your head. That's two. You got food on the table. That's three. You liked, and and you can go on and on and on and on. Gary V, who I know you like, and 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 mm -hmm. I think he's unbelievable. Like, he talks about gratitude all the time, and he's like, my parents, and it, it, those who listen to Gary V can probably hear him when I say <laughs> that was this. really good. Yeah, my parents had sex at the exact right time, like a one in a billionth chance that it was my sperm that hit that egg, you know, like what are the, what are the chances that we're even here, you know? And um, so, yeah, like, let's just be grateful and and truly try to enjoy the things that we have rather than always like searching for something that's probably unattainable. Like nothing is ever going to be perfect except that nobody's ever going to like you the way that you want to be liked. Just accept that. Like you're not going to be able to do things the exact way that you want to do them all the time, except that and, and, and focus on just the fact that you get to do those things, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I love it, dude. Spot on preaching to the choir. Here. And, we, and we just live in this comparative culture. You look at, I mean, we're a hockey podcast. You look at like youth hockey today rankings kids are being mm. ranked at like 12 years old the stupid brick tournament right like oh my god I, I didn't make the brick or oh my god i made the brick <laughs> at what is it 10 9 i don't know what age those kids are at 10 years old yeah um you know kids are being ranked teams are being ranked and like that's what people live for and it's just like the freaking wrong message to send it's the absolute wrong message to send because it it, it exacerbates all these fears that we have and we're doing that to kids that's the thing that really sucks about it. Like these fears that we have adults by doing these things, like it, it brings out the worst of us for kids that are like young that, that don't have the emotional as adults. Most of us don't have the emotional maturity to handle a lot of that stuff. And we expect kids to, to be able to handle being ranked at 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tell me how that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. A lot to unpack in that one. I don't even know if I should even open up that suitcase. Do it, Jeffrey. Uh, well, I mean, I just think 
we've passed on a lot of things to kids that that you know i don't know you guys are the parents not me i shouldn't even be talking on this but we we make things too easy when we shouldn't we make things too hard you know and maybe they should be easy i think at times just from our own experiences in our own lives you know like the kids take away competition because you know one kid didn't get picked on the soccer field in gym class so now we take away all competition and now kids don't know how to compete and everything should just be given to them and then we wonder why they're they're all zombies and think they're going to get out of college making a hundred grand immediately and they want to be paid six figures to work at a starbucks and that's not how the world works i'm sorry we've also got to plant our feet in reality and live in the now you know just i don't know (laughs) <laughs> I know there's more in there, but we can unpack that another time. Um, okay. I have, I have one more. Um, I have one more. Actually, before I get to this, uh, this last quote, because I think it's really good. I, I want you to talk a little bit about visualization and mindfulness, because I know it's something that you do all the time with uh, the players that you work with. And I think those are two things that really allow you to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can just talk about what you do with your players and maybe what um, you know, people who are listening can do to help them to do that through that mindfulness and and visualization stuff that you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well. So, excuse me. Um, before every workout, we set our intentions and the goals for the season. The goal. Well, it's goals for today. What do you want to get out of this workout? Um, goals for the season. Goals for the future. And then we start visualizing how to uh, achieve your goals for the season. Um, You know, what does the work look like you have to put in? What does it look like executing on the ice? And then we go through like being on the team that you said you wanted to make in your head and seeing yourself succeed and execute and all that stuff. And then achieving your, your long-term goals as well. So that's the stuff we do before. And that, that you're looking into the future to give you intention to live in the moment, to give everything you can at this very moment today right now and then you know they'll do it again and then again and again and again every single day so you get more out of the work you're putting in right now today for your future goals intention is everything and then after the workout uh when we cool down we do diaphragmatic breathing which is uh simplistically breathing into the belly from the diaphragm um instead of chest breathing in the nose um, bringing that heart rate down. And then we go over gratitude and this gives you perspective, you know, think of three things you're grateful for right now. Um, and I say, you know, picture them in the, picture them in your mind. If they make you smile, like awesome, that's your brain releasing positive chemicals. And that also brings them back into like, what am I grateful for in my life right now? So again, that's living in the now. And it also is giving you that perspective of like, Oh, like, yeah, I have great things going on in my life right now. So those are two things that I think anchor you to the present um, that you can do just before and after every workout. And if you do that, you know, four days a week, five days a week, six days a week, like you're going to be a much more present person and you're going to get way more out of whatever it is you're doing. Cause you can do that at work too. You can do that when you get home with your family, like you can do it for all different things. You just switch out the visualizations and the self-talk, but still the same premise, you know? I love it, man. I love it. I think uh, one of the things I talk about in my team building is present, you know, relish the moment is what I call it. Cause it's the five R's and yeah, mindfulness and, and visualization. Like those are two things that are absolutely huge. And I, and you do, and, and it's funny. Cause like, I can't remember what the study was or where I heard it. I'm going to have to go back and look at this. But it was some somebody maybe it was Tim Ferriss, maybe I think it might have been Tim Ferriss. If I'm misquoting, I'm misquoting. But um, he did like a him or whoever did this study on all these very high performing people. I think it was like five Fortune 500 CEOs or something like that. And just what what do they do? Like what do they do in their day? Like just he studied everything. And the one biggest consistency with like all of the high performing people is they meditated. It was like 80% of them. Wow. Just simply they meditated. Yeah. And that, that, that is the thing. That's what it is. It brings you to the moment. And that's literally what meditation does. And so it's funny because I, I think probably 75% of the people who try to be high achieving people have tried meditating and maybe 10% of those people have actually like followed through with the practice of it it's like such a small thing you have to do maybe five ten minutes a day that's it but again it just like when i've done it consistently i can totally feel 
a difference. Do you feel that you handle stressful situations better and yeah, stress better? For sure. Yeah. Like and that's it's just the your biggest ov- thing. Yeah. Just your me. overall, just kind of like, I don't know. Your nest. Like you want to talk. Oh my God. Cousin connection. Are we cousins? There we go. Um, 100%, man. Karate in the garage. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, okay. Last quote before we end it. You ready? Oh, we got another quote. Do it. One more quote. Okay. So this one is really interesting and it's really hits home for me right now. But anyway, um, it's by Eckhart Tolle. And so if you don't know who Eckhart Tolle is, he's, I don't know if he's a philosopher, but I've heard him on a bunch of different podcasts, just really like introspective, unbelievable things that he talks about. Like he's one of those people when he talks, like you take notes a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And the quote is, it is not uncommon for people to spend their whole life waiting to start living. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good volume, one. right it is not uncommon for people to spend their whole life waiting to start living mm. you know and i just think that is so unbelievably true mm. um I, I think most of us out there live in some sort of fear of something that doesn't it, it gets us to the start line but it doesn't get us to go right you know, it's the entrepreneur who has the great idea, but is afraid that they, they're not going to be able to execute. And that's why you and I talk so much about the power of going all in on something, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just so powerful to go all in on something. And when you dip one toe in and out and in and out and in and out, that's where I think a lot of fear and uncertainty lies. Um, And then when you go all in, you're in. And you put everything you have into it. And it's almost like you don't care what the repercussions are. You're either going to live or die trying, you know? And, uh, and so I think there's so many people out there that are just waiting, you know, there, there, there's something holding them back, a fear of something. And if there's anything that I want you guys to get out of this podcast, who is listening, and this is coming from somebody who is feeling all the feels right now. So like I, uh, I, I'm in a different stratosphere of mind. Um, start because you never know. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Like you said, Vex, and all you have to do is take that first step. And then you just got to take that next step. The journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, but then you got to be consistent with those steps every day. And, uh, you know, I think that would be my hope from doing this podcast and the grief and whatever I'm feeling right now, um, that I'm still trying to process is that, uh, you know, it is not uncommon for people to spend their whole life waiting to start living, start living, man. Dude, it's my buddy. Mark always says, if you think it, do it. If you think it, do it. If you think it, do it. Like too many people yeah. think it, whatever it is, and then they don't do it. And it's just like, think it, do it. Because the faster you learn, the faster you do, the faster you, I don't even like saying the word fail because like, it's not, it's not a real word. Your people, people understand that word and they, they have like reframe the it. word failure. Yeah. But I, yeah, if we could just use a different word, but like it works as long as you don't look at failure as final. So if you don't see failure as final and you look at it as opportunity to grow back, I like what you say, setbacks, yeah, or setups. setback, you know, so it's like, failure. it's not final. Yeah. You think it, you do it. Yeah. You're going to have setbacks and then boom, immediately learn, apply, learn, adapt, apply, learn, adapt, apply. Boom, setback, learn, adapt, apply. And then you just brick on top of brick, on top of brick, on top of brick, on top of brick. And that's, hockey business relationships life doesn't matter what it is but you just keep doing that and the the, you just get in that flow and like the quote-unquote failures quote-unquote setbacks that they're never like fun but you always lean into them because you when you believe and you know okay well i'm just going to get better quicker because that just happened didn't happen in a month it happened today so now i can fix it for tomorrow and i'm already better tomorrow once you start to have that mindset it becomes like fun too to like just learn quicker you know challenge yourself a little bit you know yeah think it do it man think it do it i like that it's yeah. simple but not easy right Ooh, we just got them all today <laughs> um well i think this was uh this was hopefully people got something out of this one um you know it's uh living with a heavy heart right now and um you know i think 
just being being present is something for whatever reason the way that humans are wired man like it ain't easy to do it's really easy it's like when i do when i do the team building stuff right like i it's one of the things i always ask i i go to whoever i'm speaking to i go raise your hand if there's a mistake that you're beating yourself up about right now most people raise their hands okay now raise your hands if uh you know there's something in the future that hasn't happened yet that's causing you a little bit of stress pretty much everybody raises their hand all right and then how many people thought today about living in the moment nobody raises their hands for whatever reason like it's it's so much easier to live in the past or to live in the future than to live in the present when the healthier thing to do by a mile by a million miles is is to live in the here and now and um so I just encourage everybody to to live in the here and now as best as you can, have gratitude and perspective for the things that you have in your life. Um, and you know, hopefully you can take one of these things or anything that that we talked about here today, you can apply that in your own life that can make you be the best version of you and uh and go from there. Now, I don't think we did our sponsors yet, did we? We did not. All right. So I think we're gonna have to do that. I live in the moment. Um, real quick, thank you to Gel Sticks. GELSTX.com. Thank you to Train Heroic. Thank you to Cure Nutrition. Thank you to IceHockeySystems.com. We're going to keep it real short and sweet here today. Um, and everybody, I hope you have a great week. Hope you can use some of this stuff that can uh, help you with uh, what whatever you're going through for the good or the bad. And uh, we'll see you again next week.